podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another podcast. I'm Dave Hendrick and I'm flying solo once again today. Going to run through some transfer rumours and some bits of Liverpool news that are around and about in the media. So the first thing to focus on, I think, is the news that there has been a positive coronavirus test in our training camp. Um, the club are keeping it very quiet, as they tend to do. There's been no word on whether it's a player or a member of staff. Um so we can't really speculate. We shouldn't speculate on who it is. There's been some rumours about a couple of different players. But we don't know is the truth. All we can do is hope that they make a quick recovery, that it doesn't spread throughout the team. Um, the, the training camp isn't slowing down. They're not going to cancel any sessions. They're going to keep going as planned. So we'll assume that the person who has it has been isolated away from the rest of the main group. And that's really all the club can do at the moment is isolate whoever has it, treat them, and then hope that the rest of the squad doesn't contract the virus. Um, The last thing, obviously, we need with games about to start up quick and fast with the Community Shield and the two friendlies we have lined up as well, Stuttgart and I think it's Salzburg. Um, We can't really afford to be losing a bunch of players. We don't have the biggest squad as things stand, you'd imagine that that Community Shield game will largely be used as a showcase for some of the players maybe that Klopp wants to sell. Uh, I'd imagine that the likes of Mo and Bobby and Mane and Virgil will get runouts, but maybe not play the whole game. That's what you'd hope anyway, that those guys will be rested until the, the league campaign starts, because that's where they matter. The Community Shield is is nice, and you know it's great. You get to lift a bit of silverware, but if we're all being honest, it's a preseason friendly. And that's all it is. It's a preseason friendly, played like a preseason friendly. It's very rare that you get really competitive games in that. Teams played at about 70%. It's a way to build fitness. It's a way to get minutes into legs. That's all it is. And it shouldn't really be treated as anything else. I, I'm not really in favor of the. Um, Community Shield, I don't like the idea. I, I like the idea of the Community Shield in terms of what it's for. I don't like the structure of, of Champions versus FA Cup winners. I would rather see the Premier League make it an all-star game. That's what I think they should do. I think if you do North versus South and make it an all-star game, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you cut the country middle, at, at Birmingham and say, right, North and South, because there's more Premier League teams in the South, as far as I can make out. Um, so you can split it in a different way. You could maybe do London and the home counties and and everybody else. But I think that a, an all-star game would be a better spectacle for the Premier League. You can pick 22-man squads, so you get 44 players who get recognised for the previous season. You could have a fan vote. You could have managers voted as to who coach. Or you just pick the you know the top two managers in the league from the north and the south, and have them you know in charge. They can pick a couple of players if they want. 
you could have journalists involved in the vote. You could have players involved in the vote. I, I just feel like an all-star game would be a better spectacle. And it doesn't even have to be a competitive game. Like It can just be a showcase of the talent in the Premier League. It could end 7-6. As long as it was fun. The proceeds are for charity. I think an all-star game is more marketable to the global audience as well. If you look at the NBA's all-star game, I mean, it's not, it's not a game. It's not competitive. It's just fun. And millions and millions of people tune in to watch it. You could have some skills competitions as well. You could make a weekend of it. On the Saturday, you could have some skills competitions for, for the men and the women. And then on the Sunday, you could do a women's all-star game and then a men's all-star game. I think that type of thing, making the full weekend a spectacle, will be better. Now, this year, obviously, none of that is is possible because of the pandemic and because of the restrictions and no fans in the stadium. And, you know, you'd wonder why they're even bothering to play it. They could just give the money to the charities. They know how much they're going to make. Just give the money to the charities. I'm sure, you know, BBC for whatever licensing fee they pay for that game would be happy to make that donation. They write the donation off anyway. Um, same with any of the sponsors of the game. McDonald's, I think, sponsored it a couple of years. I'm sure they'd be happy to just give the money to whatever charity the FA uh, deems to, to fit it to. So, you know, that's that. That game comes up in a week. Um, week and a half from now and it'll be our first look at you know probably at Simicus I'd imagine he starts that game so that'll be interesting um, maybe him and Nico Nico celebrating the new contract really good interview with Nico on LFC TV for those that haven't seen it speaks really really well um, that's a kid with really good maturity he's a kid who's learning from the best players in the world learning from the best role models in the world this is one of the great things about our squad is just how they're able to help these younger players. And you hear any of our younger players, be it Nico, be it Curtis, be it Harvey Elliott or Rian Brewster, you hear them speak and they don't sound like kids. They sound like mature, experienced professionals. And that's because of the environment that they work in every day. But speaking of Brewster, there's a lot of rumors now um, that he will be loaned out for the season to come. Paul Gorst, I think that's how you pronounce his name, in the uh, Liverpool Echo has said that there's about a half dozen Premier League clubs have um, have made inquiries. He listed Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Villa, Burnley, Brighton and Fulham as the teams that have inquired about Rian Brewster. Now, I would immediately, if I was Liverpool, rule out Burnley and rule out Palace because their styles of play are so drastically different to ours and you just don't want them near the Hodge. No young player should ever be given to the Hodge. Newcastle's an interesting one. Bruce doesn't play the same style of football as us, but I do think Brewster and Jolington with Almiron and St. Maximin as wingers with that front four could be really, really good. And if they've got, say, Shelby and, and Longstaff in midfield, they could play some football. They can create some chances. And with Jolington, that physical presence, clearly more suited to playing 
in a two with a nippy fox in the box type of goal scorer, he'll do the donkey work and Rian can just, you know, work in the channels, work behind the defense, play off the shoulder. I think that's a pairing that could work really, really well. So I'd actually be quite in favor of him going uh, to the tune. The same with Villa. They've got Wesley, similar type of player to Jolington. Now, they've been linked strongly with Ollie Watkins from Brentford. Um, I don't know that Watkins and Brewster is as good a fit, but Watkins has played as a winger before. So he's used to playing a little bit off the front. He had a great season last year for Brentford, but maybe his skill set and Rian's skill set is compatible. It's just a matter of what shape Villa want to play. That's the big question they need to answer. What are they doing with Grealish and what shape are they going to play? If they're keeping Grealish and they're going to play him in midfield, it has to be 4-2-3-1. In a 4-2-3-1, I'm not sure I like Brewster at Villa in how they play. If they're going to play two up top, if they're going to play a diamond, which I think they'd be better off doing because as things stand, I'm not sure either of their starting wingers, Trezeguet or El Ghazi, are going to get you enough goals to justify their positions in the team. Plus, if you're going to play Grealish in midfield, I really do feel like a diamond's the best way to get the most out of him. So if you play Douglas Louise at the at the base of it, Grealish as the 10, maybe Marvellous Nakamba or John, Mc, John McGinn in one of the box-to-box roles and then go and buy somebody for the other box-to-box role, Watkins and Brewster up front could be really interesting. They do have... Uh, attacking fullbacks, the French guy Gilbert and um, Maddie Target uh, at left back will both get forward. Is it ideal? No, probably not really, but it's not a bad fit. And we know that they've got a coach there who will develop players and you want reinstating as far away from John Terry as you can. But Dean Smith's a really good coach and he has developed young players in the past. So Villa's not a bad fit. Um, Fulham's not a bad fit. Him and Mitrovic up front as a pair. Again, that big body who'll do the donkey work, who'll occupy defenders and give Rian space to run into, give him flick-ons to run onto, let him drop off while Mitrovic holds the attention of the centre-backs in deeper spot. Fulham's not a bad spot. I, I don't know what Scott Parker is, the manager, but I know he impressed me at times last season. And... I thought came up surprisingly through the playoffs, to be honest. I didn't think they'd come up. Um, I know people have said they've got a great squad, but I look at that squad, I don't, I, I don't think it is a great squad. I don't think any of those defenders can play in the Premier League. Midfield is okay, but I still think they need to bring back Nguisa and Sari and slot them two straight in. I'm not sure it's all that good of a squad. I think Scott Parker did really, really well to bring them up. And then the last one, obviously, Brighton. I think that's... You know, in terms of the style of play, that's where you'd want him to go under Graham Potter. But they have a lot of options in attack um, and a lot of smaller, quick, movement-orientated attackers. I don't know that Rian wouldn't just get lost in the shuffle and just get, you know, rotated in and out there. I wonder if their better bet would be to go for more of a target man find someone that can give them, you know, what Glenn Murray used to. Um, I think that I genuinely think the best spot for Brewster could be Newcastle. If Bruce was willing to commit to going 
four four two next year, which he loves. If you look back through his career, he absolutely adores a four four two. But a four four two with inverted wingers is a lot more enticing than the old, you know, chalk on the boots, Stuart Downing one side and whoever you want the other side, you know, get up and down, swing crosses in type of thing. Almiron playing off the right will cut in, will create, will link the play really well. St. Maximum is maybe the most unpredictable player in the league. So having him coming off the left, then, you, as I said, you get Jolinton and what he offers. If your fullbacks can get themselves forward and get good quality crosses in, then you're getting everything you want. If they can keep Danny Rose, and I think they've missed out massively by not keeping Lazaro, the Austrian that they had on loan last year. He's going to Gladbach. I think him as an attacking right back with Almiron on the right wing would have been really good. Now, defensively, it's not ideal. But if you have Lachelles and Schaar, who are both good, and then Longstaff, Longstaff and Shelby sitting in front of them, that's a block of four that you can build from. You can let your fullbacks go. Not at the same time. Let one go, let the other go. Now, Danny Rose is a better defensive player than maybe he is going forward at this point. But Danny Rose on the left and him on the right, I think that would have worked really well with that four in midfield. Um, it remains to be seen what they do with, with Bentaleb. If he stays, then it's you know him and either Shelby or Longstaff. That's better than you know a lot of Premier League midfields. You do feel for Newcastle fans, though, because you know a month ago they thought they were going to be buying... Cristiano and players of that ilk. Now, they may still at some point, but you know Newcastle have had a, a very tough time under Mike Ashley. And uh, you'd kind of like to see them get back to being a good team. I'm not saying we want them as a, as a contender, but I'd like to see them in the top half on a regular basis, not having to scrap a rele- relegation, not having to put up with Mike Ashley. Um, there's an, an article on on liverpool.com which is basically it's an arm of the echo um which is aimed at the american market and i believe this website is the reason that the club tried to trademark the liverpool fc thing or the liverpool thing um because they're losing traffic because if you know someone who doesn't know puts in you know liverpool football club or, or whatever liverpool news into the interweb, uh, they're going to get this website rather than the club site. And I think the club site is where pe- the club want people going. But this site exists. Now, there's an article on it, I think, from today, uh, saying that loaning Brewster out would be a mistake. It's titled, Liverpool are about to make their biggest Rian Brewster mistake, and it may be irreversible. Now, there's lots of hyperbolic nonsense through it. Um, the last. The last paragraph is, if not, then it could be the beginning of the end of what seems a real talent at the home of the Premier League champions. Whether that transpires and a case of right place, wrong time is cited remains to be seen. Many supporters will be hoping otherwise. This is absolute horseshit. Absolute horseshit. Alone is exactly what Rian Brewster needs right now. Because Rian Brewster needs to play football regularly. He's 20 years of age. He cannot be sitting on the bench, coming on for five minutes here, ten minutes there, getting a run out in the cup. He needs to play 25 Premier League games next season as a starter. That's what he needs. 
championship, if it's championship, fair enough, we'll accept that either. But ideally, you want him making over half the season's worth of Premier League starts next season. Because these are the key years of his development. And if he's just coming off the bench here and there, you end up with a Jesse Lingard. Rian Brewster should be so much more than that. You end up with an Andreas Pereira. Rian Brewster needs to be much more than that. A loan for Brewster is exactly what he needs right now. We already have Minamino. We have Shakiri. We have Origi. Now, one of those two, Shakiri and Origi, might leave. But if they do, you'd imagine someone's coming in. There's strong links to Ishmael Asar. There's a couple of others been floated, but he seems to be the primary target. So there's no minutes for Brewster. He's not even in the backup front three. To get him in the backup front three, you'd have to sell Shakiri and Origi, which I'm not against. But I don't know that there's going to be value for them. I don't know that there's value out there for Jordan Shakiri and Divock Origi. There's talk that Lazio wants Shakiri after the David Silva deal fell through. Brilliant. Get on the phone and let's see what they have to offer. But in this pandemic-based market, what are they going to offer? Are they going to offer a loan with an obligation to buy? I don't think that moves the needle for Liverpool. There's been some talk that um, there's Premier League clubs interested in Divock. Some have suggested that Villa made a bid. I doubt that's true. But I do think there's more value in Divock this summer. Um, but it won't be the value we want. I, I think we would like, you know, 25 to 28 million. I think if you get 20, you take it. It's 10 million profit on what we paid for him. He's helped us win a Champions League and a Premier League title. He's repaid every, every penny we paid for him. So it's clear profit that we're making off him. Um, he'd be a really nice fit. A really nice fit at Brighton. Divock would be a really nice fit at Brighton. And what they're doing, they've already got Trissard there, who's his buddy from the national team. But if you put Divock up front with all that pace and movement around him, Trissard, Mope, McAllister, young Adam Lalana now going there, you know, Gross, Aaron Moy playing off him. That would fit Divock really, really well, where he can be the focal point, but he's not been asked to do too much. His game is getting simplified and he's been made to play more in a box rather than... I think Klopp gives him a little bit too much freedom, but, you know, Kloppo's Kloppo and the man can do what he wants. Um, I think Divock to Brighton would be a really nice fit. I don't know if they have the money. They will if they sell Lewis Dunk because I think they'll absolutely rinse Chelsea on that one. Um, or if they sell Ben White, maybe we could swing a deal. We want we want Ben White by all accounts, so maybe we could swing a deal where Divock goes down there and Ben White comes to us. We'd obviously be sending a substantial figure of cash, but that's the type of deal that could work really well in this market. Unfortunately for us, with Shakiri and Napa and Lazio, there isn't really anyone there that you would say, that's a guy we want. Milinkovic-Savage is the obvious one. But you'd have to probably send 50 million along with Shaq to get him. Um, maybe Joaquin Correa. But again, you're probably talking 20 million. And I'd rather us take that 20 million and 
by somebody else. Put it towards Sar, put it towards White or Quebec, or, and there's more rumours today, or yesterday rather, Thiago Alcantara, whose protracted move to Liverpool continues to run and run, and um, seems to be gathering a little bit of steam. Now, Mohamed Bahafsa, Bahafsi? Mohamed Bahafsi. He's a a really, really, really good journalist. One of the best for European football. He's not a spoofer. He's not, you know, here we go, total agreement, here's the link to my Instagram page, and then two minutes later, here's my editor with a clickbait article from The Guardian. He's not that. He's a really reliable journalist. He had Liverpool's interest in our about a year before anyone in the British press did. About a year. He knows his stuff. He doesn't tweet stuff unless he's certain. And he has come out and said, terms are agreed with the player. He's even found a house. Some people's response has been, oh, but he's away at the Champions League. How's he had time to find a house? He has people who find him his house. He don't go and find his own house. This man is mega rich. He's not finding his own house. Someone's He's giving someone the specifications on what he wants for himself and his family, and someone's going and doing that for him. So I think, I think the Thiago deal is going to happen. I think we'll have to sell, obviously, to get him, but it's not a problem. We have players to sell. We have Divock, like I mentioned. We have Shaq. We have Harry Wilson, who seems to be drawing quite a bit of interest uh, around the Premier League. Uh, Newcastle and Brighton, actually, funnily enough, two clubs linked with him. Leeds have been linked with him. Don't know how he'd cope in um, in Bielsa Ball, but he's a good player. Uh, so those are players that would bring in money. Grujic will bring in money. And I think there's a possibility Ginny leaves. I do. I think we're at the point with Ginny now where it doesn't look like he's going to sign a new contract. Um, and for me, I would be more inclined to sell him. If we can get Thiago in, I would be more inclined to sell him than just let him run his contract down. I'm against the idea of us letting players run their contracts down and leave. And It's different with Lalana. You weren't going to get any money for him. Nobody was giving you money for him for the last couple of years. Um, I didn't like us letting Moreno run his contract down, but I saw the value in that because, truth be told, when he, his last year of his contract, he's probably worth about $5 million. It would have cost us more than that to go and find a replacement for him. So I was happy enough for Albi to stay. But Emery was the big one. Emery should have been sold the previous summer. We had offers on the table. Um, now, he he stuck around. He played his role. He was really good until he hurt his back. And then obviously worked his ass off to get back fit for the Champions League final. Which, for all the people out there who called him a mercenary and criticised him, that man absolutely worked his ass off and recovered from an injury that should have kept him out for like four months in like two and a half to get back for the Champions League final because he cared so much, because he wanted to win it for us, with us. And he should not be criticised for any of his actions. Um... So, yeah, that's kind of the Liverpool news at the moment. Um, the, that Bohafsi tweet, agreement between Liverpool and Alcantara. 
player has reached an agreement uh, for four years. Player has even announced his departure to England for to some of his teammates. He's found his house. Liverpool and Bayern must finalise a deal. Now, I think we will come to a deal. I don't think it's going to be all that hard. I think it's just waiting for the Champions League to be over. I think that's the hold-up here. I think when the Champions League final is over, I think this deal could get done very, very quickly. All the talk, of course, coming from Bayern is that they want $30 But Rummenigge said, we do not want him to leave for free. They will sell him this summer, even if they can't get their price. They said they're looking for a fair price. I think twenty million is fair. Now, look, he's a seventy, eighty million pound footballer, but Bayern's options right now are: you sell him to Liverpool for twenty to twenty-five million. You wait till January when he agrees a pre-contract at Liverpool. And then they lowball you with about five million, or you just wait till next summer and he joins Liverpool for free. It seems like the Thiago side is done. Like he has just made up his mind. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to do. I want to go and play for Jurgen Klopp. I want to go and play for Liverpool. By all accounts, he was very, very impressed when he came with Bayern in the Champions League last season at what he saw from the atmosphere, the stadium, the fan base. And Kloppo obviously is a selling point. So Bayern are kind of backed into a corner here. They don't really have any power in this situation. They can hold on to him for a year, but then they don't get any money. And Bayern don't do that. Bayern don't let players run their contracts out completely. They'd rather take way below market value than lose them for nothing. Tony Cruz, the prime example. Tony Cruz probably a £60 million footballer in 2014, 2015. Um, coming off the back of a, an incredible performance at the World Cup when Germany won it, he was one of the best midfield players in the world. They took £25 million for him because he had a year left on his contract. Less than half his value. I think they do the same with Thiago. Now, again, like I said, he's a £60 to £70 million footballer. But he's also 29. Tony Cruz was in his mid-20s when he went to, to Real Madrid. So I don't see any possibility that we'll pay 30. Because I think we know I think we know the situation. I think that's why we've gone and we've made the agreement with him first. And he's now turned around to the club and said, right, this is where I want to go. We have manipulated the market really well here. And I, I can't see that we don't get him. I really can't. I, I think this deal will happen. I think it's a deal everybody should be really, really excited about. He gives us so many options. He can play in any of the three positions in our normal three. If you want to switch to a double pivot, him and Fabinho would be great. Him and Naby would work. Him and Henderson would work. Play him as the six with... Henderson and Naby, Henderson and Ginny, Ginny and Naby, Naby and Ox. Depending on who you're playing against, he can fit in as the six. You can play him with Fabinho plus one and a three. And as I've said before, he's a world-class footballer. 
He's one of the top five midfield players in world football. Just think about that for a second. Think of how many great players there are in the world. Great midfield players. He's one of the top five. He's right up there with Saul, Kevin De Bruyne, Tony Cruz. He's up there with those guys. Might even be a little bit better than a couple of them. He's a special, special player. He's one of the 15 best players on the planet. He's the best player in this year's Champions League. He would add new dimensions to this Liverpool team. We already have new dimensions to come because you're going to get a full season of Naby next year. You're going to get Ox a full two, well, what, nearly two years removed? Two and a half years removed from the knee injury? Yeah, he's two and a half years removed from that knee injury. He'll be back a year and a half. So now you're starting to look at Ox ramping things up. You look at Simon Brundish and what he's had to say and, and Marty Loughran. They're really surprised he played so many minutes this year, given what the injury was. This coming season, Ox is going to be back. Trent's a year older, year more experienced. Joe Gomez is a year older, a year more experienced. Minamino's going to be settled in properly now. He's having his preseason, getting to know the players an awful lot better, getting to know the system a lot better. Minamino's going to be a boost for us next year. Curtis Jones is going to be a boost for us next year. So he's going to take the Lalana minutes. We'll probably see a little bit more of Harvey Elliott as well. And we've got Simicus coming in. So you don't need to run the legs off Andy Robertson. We're already better than we were two months ago. And we're going to get better if we keep signing players. That's just the way this works with these people in charge. They haven't had a fail yet. There's not one player they've signed that has been a flop. Not one. You can say Carius, but at worst, he's a passive. At worst, he's just a scratch because you'll get your money back. He had more good games than bad games. So Carius isn't a flop. Naby, there's question marks on, but Naby, it's purely fitness-based. When Naby plays, Naby's great. That's just a simple fact of it. Look at the output. When Naby plays, Naby's great. Naby was worth the money. Fitness is the only issue. And most of that isn't even Liverpool's fault. It's the fault of the national team. So, you know, that is what it is. But since signing Naby, we've won a Champions League and a Premier League. So, you know, we, we won't be too worried about about any of that. Carius, if he... Look, there's a chance Carius might stay this summer. We could sell Adrian and keep Carius. Carius is a better goalkeeper. He's a better fit in how we play. He's more similar stylistically to Allison. The question is whether the mental side is still there. That's the big question with Carius. We'll wait and see. I expect that he gets sold. I think you'll find a club in Germany will pay five million for him. He's still really highly rated by a lot of people. So I'm I'm confident he'll um he'll find a home and I think he's gonna have a, a better career than some people expect. Right. On to the transfer gossip of the day, as always using uh, the BBC.com football go- gossip page. Uh the first one here is that Manchester United 
are exploring the possibility of signing Bournemouth's 23-year-old Welsh midfielder David Brooks after being frustrated in their pursuit of Jaden Sancho. David Brooks is really, really good. Really, really good player. But he's not a front three player. Um, and if, if Ollie wants to play 4-3-3, four, uh, four, three, three, David Brooks is not the signing here. Brooks is better suited to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 where he's a little bit deeper and a little bit wider. Um, he is a good creator. He will get you goals. I think he's a really good fit with Leicester. If Rodgers wants to play that 4-1-4-1, they have Harvey Barnes on the left. They have James Madison and Yuri Thielemans as their central midfielders with Wilf and Didi sitting behind them as the defensive midfielder. What they've missed is someone on that right-hand side. Damari Gray's played there, but you know he's inconsistent. And All Brighton's played there, but he's a little bit inconsistent, a little bit past his best. Eosi uh, Perez has played it there, but he's not. He's not a winger. He's he's better through the middle. Um, David Brooks would be a really really nice fit there. And, and as a player who plays out to in, it frees the channel then for Ricardo Pereira to attack. Uh, just on Leicester, I haven't looked through these, so I don't know if it's going to come up. There's rumours that Tagliafico from Ajax is the player they've targeted to replace Chilwell. That's not a replacement. That's an upgrade. I like Ben Chilwell. I think last season, probably the second best left back in the league um, after Andy Robertson. I think Kieran Tierney's a little bit better than them, um, but Tierney didn't play a lot. But if they can get $60 million for Ben Tierney from, from Chelsea, or for Ben Chilwell from Chelsea, and then spend $20 million on Tagliafico, that's incredible business. Tagliafico's an upgrade. He's better going forward. He's just as good defensively. Uh, Pereira and Tagliafico, that's not that far from, from Trent and Robbo, being honest. It's not that far at all. Um, Arsenal are hoping, uh, hopeful of completing a £22 million deal for Lille defender Gabriel. Everton and Napoli are also interested in the 22-year-old Brazilian. That's from ESPN. The £22 million figure is weird because all along it had been £30 million and then this £22 million figure kind of appeared in the last 48 hours or so. Whatever the figure, if it's anything below £40 million, I think it's a good buy. I like him. I think he's a good defender. I think he's got a lot of work to do. But at 22, that's what you expect. No 22-year-old defender is the, the finished product. He's very, very comfortable on the ball. I think him and Saliba, for the long term, is, is really good. I think it boxes off Arsenal's central defensive spots for the long term. And Kieran Tierney at left back does the same there. So that's three quarters of the defence locked in for six years if they want. Maybe a little bit longer. They will have some growing pains, some teething problems. That's natural. Two young centre-backs, two centre-backs new to the league. That is only natural. But the upside of both of these players is, is really, really high. Um, they'll be both really comfortable playing out from the back. I think they'll be quite dominant in the air as well. Um, I think they'll get bigger and stronger and more physical. I, I like this. I do. I like this move for um, for Arsenal. He'd have been a good fit at Everton as well. But Arsenal's the better move for him because Arsenal's a bigger club and they're, I think, going in more of a direct line towards where they should be, Willian notwithstanding, than Everton, who I'm not really sure what they're doing. 
Uh, Chelsea will finalise a deal for Bayer Leverkusen playmaker Kai Havertz within the next 10 days. The German wants a five-year deal at Stamford Bridge. Um, that's from Build. Now, yesterday, I think it was Sports Build, had a report that Chelsea were going to pay 100 million, or 100 million euros maybe, 100 million euros I think it was, for the player, uh, which I don't have a problem with. Don't have a problem with that at all. It's about 90 million pounds. That's fair. And then they were going to pay another 20, another 100 million euro to the player over the next five years. That will include a signing bonus and his, his wage. Now, this prompted, amazingly, all of the accountants who apparently work for Chelsea, some 80 of them, to rampage through the mentions of um, Manuel Vesh, denouncing the idea and stating that we don't pay any player that type of money. Well, you do, because you gave Timo Werner about 300 grand a week only a couple of months ago. So you gave Callum Hudson-Odoi 180 grand, uh, despite having proven absolutely nothing. So you do pay that type of money. <clears throat> and it wouldn't surprise me if you do to Kai Havertz. You should, because the only way you're getting him, let's be let's be really honest here about why Kai Havertz would be going to Chelsea. It's not because he wants to go to Chelsea. It's because he wants the move. He wants a move. He wants to play in England, or he wants to leave Leverkusen, whichever it is, and Chelsea's his only option. As things stand, the only two options available to that kid are go to Chelsea or stay at Leverkusen. And it appears he has just written off the idea of staying at Leverkusen. So I don't know that he's pushing for a deal to Chelsea. I just think he's pushing to leave. If I was his agent, I genuinely would be sitting him down and saying, look, I know it's not ideal. But why don't you stay another year and then go to Bayern? If I was a young German player looking at this current Bayern team, and, well, if I was a, an elite young German player, if I was just a, a young German player, I'd be going, she said, never get a game there because they're unbelievable. But if I was an elite young German player, I would be jumping at the chance to join Bayern Munich next year. And here's why. Nicolas Sula, Benjamin Pavard, Lucas Hernandez, Alfonso Davies, Josh Kimmich, Leon Goretzka, Serge Gnabry, Leroy Sané, Kingsley Coman. These are all guys mid-twenties or below that you can be playing with for five or six years. See, people look at this Bayern team and they see Nauer He's in his 30s, and they see Boatang, and he's in his 30s, and Lewandowski's in his 30s, and Muller's pushing 30. And some people have made the observation that, oh, this Bayern team, you know, they're close to the end, but that's just not the case at all. Yes, Nauer's past his best, but they just signed Alex Nubel, the best young goalkeeper in Germany, signed him on a free from Schalke. Um, Boateng shouldn't be in the team now. He's only in the team because Sula's not 100% fit. Sula's a much better defender than him. 
Pavard hasn't been fit. That's why he hasn't been in the team recently. But he's a really good right back. He's a centre back by nature, but a really good right back. Hernandez is as good a young defender as there is going. He's not young anymore. He's 24, but he's really, really good. Um, World Cup winning left back to Pavard's World Cup winning right back, but naturally a centre back as well. Uh, lost his place in the team after getting getting injured, but if he stays fit, he's he's another magnificent defender. And Alfonso Davies is, you know, the hot topic of the moment. Kid's a freak of nature. He's unbelievably quick, unbelievably powerful. Seems mature beyond his years. Really good decision maker. Still makes his defensive errors, but has the pace and the power and the the recovery speed to, to make make up any mistakes. Like that as a long term back four is is remarkable, especially with Nubel there in goal. That's everything you need in defence. You've got ball players. You've got toughness. You've got a little bit of bastardry. You've got an absolutely monstrous presence in Sula. Kimmich and Goretzka in midfield. I mean, you can argue about Goretzka. You can maybe say he's not of the level of the rest. And I'm not going to disagree with you there. But a really good squad player to have. Uh, Michael Croissant is another really good squad player to have. Those are three midfielders there. If they if they go and buy a starting midfielder, I should mention as well, Tangai Kiyasi, the young French centre-back they brought in from PSG this summer on a free. Another beast. He's another one that's going to be a huge, huge talent for them. So they're locked in at the back. They've got three of maybe the four options they'll want in midfield. They do have Quarantine Toliso, who they can sell if they want to fund. But, you know, they can keep him either. But I think they'll need to buy um, a Thiago replacement. But that's pretty much it in in midfield. In the the attacking areas, they've got three spectacular wingers in Gnabry, Sané, and um, Kingsley Coleman. That's that's elite wing play. Alfonso Davies is a natural winger, so he, maybe he moves back in into the wing positions at some point. I doubt it, but it's possible. Um, they're loaded there. What they need to address is who replaces Thomas Muller long term, who replaces Lewandowski long term. Uh, Kai Havertz could be either he could play as your 9 or he can play as your 10 naturally better suited to the 10 but Kai Havertz behind Lewandowski Muller behind Kai Havertz either way it'll work uh, he can also play from wide positions he would be such a good fit there if he's willing to wait a year I didn't even mention David Alaba either so they're, they're and he's 27 so they're loaded they, they don't have any problems they're not going anywhere maybe he's the Thiago replacement maybe you just play him in midfield with Kimmich I think that'd be better than him at centre back. Um, they're so loaded; it's it's absolutely disgusting how good Bayern are going to be for the next next few years. So everybody should be a little bit worried about them. Juventus may use Paolo Dybala as part of a swap deal with Manchester United to bring Paul Pogba back to Serie A. Dybala has two years left in his contract. Um, sure, whatever, you know. Dybala is very, very good. Pogba hasn't been for them. I don't see any possibility that that rumor is true. He was just their best player this past season. He won MVP of Serie A. So I don't see any possibility that that's true. 
Uh, sounds like something that might have been made up, but here we go. Uh, Manchester United are watching Juventus' 29-year-old winger Douglas Costa. This one does seem true, um, and I think Douglas Costa is a little bit past his best, so he's the ideal person for United to go and spend a ton of money on and give a nice five-year contract to. Um, Everton are close to meeting Napoli's £27 million asking price for Brazilian midfielder Alain. I love Alain, and I think he would be a really good addition for Everton. Um, I would be careful of the length of contract I'd give him. That's the the one thing. He is 29, and he's got miles on his body, but he's really, really good. Um, it just depends on how you're going to play. If you're going to play with him, play play the midfield four, as they have been, him and Gabamon is, is a good fit. But that's the type of partner he needs. He needs someone who'll sit and do the holding job and then he can go and do his Alan things in front of that. He's not the one who sits. You don't want him being that player. Watford have rejected Everton's initial bid for Abdoulaye Decore. Uh, the Hornets won £25 million for the 27-year-old Frenchman. Now, some Everton fans are suggesting that um, they want to buy both of them. I think that would be weird. I think you buy one or the other, and I think you buy Alain over Decore because he's a much better player. But you can't play them two as a two because they'll both go missing and there'll be nobody left to uh, safeguard your defence. So I, I would I would hope that Everton are sensible this year and buy Alain. Decore is two years younger, so maybe that swings it for him. Uh, Decore is just, he doesn't do it for me. I think he's a lot of hype without a lot of substance. Um, very, very average the last couple of years. I wouldn't be wouldn't be keen on him at all. Uh, Lazio are considering a move for West Ham and Brazil midfielder Felipe Anderson after being turned down. David Silva. So, West Ham fans seem to be in, fair, in, in favour of selling Felipe Anderson because he had a bad second year. Uh, as if anyone at the team, at the club, had a good sec, a good year this past season. They're making similar noise about Issa Diop, who's their best centre-back, because he had a bad season, and suggesting they buy John Stones, which is weird to me because he's, you know, he's John Stones. Um, but yeah, if I, was, if I was Lazio, I'd absolutely buy back Philippe Anderson. Now, I don't know where he fits. That's the thing. I don't know where David Silva was due to fit, but they'll have to change their shape if they if they want to fit Felipe in. Um, but Felipe with Luis Alberto and Milinkovic Savic and uh, Joaquin Correa and Immobile, that, that can't go wrong. It's not bad, is it? Like that's a it's a lot of creativity behind you know the main goal scorer. Um, I think West Ham should keep him though. I I've seen West Ham fans say oh, we should settle and buy Ben Rama, but Ben Rama hasn't proven anything outside the Championship. Felipe Anderson has proven in the Premier League he's a really good player. He's proven in Serie A he's a really good player. I don't know why you'd do that. I think you'd be better off just focusing on what you need. You need a right back. You need a left back. You need a, either you need either a centre back or a holding midfielder, and you move Declan Rice back to centre back. One one or the other, but those are the three things you need. You could do it a young goalkeeper as well. Um, but you need those three things as starters because if you're going to play the four-two-three-one that Moisey seems to like, then Haller's your nine, 
Pablo Fernals is your 10. Jared Bone plays from the right. Felipe from the left. Those who are both going to tuck centrally, create a narrow three and provide support. Felipe in a creative sense, Bowen hopefully in a goal-getting sense. Then behind them, you've got Suchek plus one. Now, I have an article out on EPL Index at the moment uh, where I suggested moving Rice back to centre-back. I think he ends up there eventually. I think now might be the time to try it. I think Rice and Diop as a centre-back pairing could be really, really good. Um, the three players I suggested they sign, Mark Roca from Espanyol, they've gone down. I think he'll be available quite cheap. He's already, you know, familiar with Pablo Fernandes. They played together uh, for the Spanish in the 21 team. I think he'd be a really good fit there. And he's a sitter, which will allow Suchek to go box to box. Suggested um, Matty Cash from Forrest, a right back, and Harry Pickering at left back. Two attacking fullbacks, two big athletes, two guys that will go all day and overlap with the inverted wingers. I think that works really well. Um, I also think if you look at Moyes' best ever team, it was that Everton team he had, and that had Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines as your fullbacks, two attacking fullbacks, who he improved drastically. He turned them into two of the best best fullbacks in the Premier League. Now, neither of them ever really became tremendous defenders. I think Coleman, funnily enough, since breaking his leg um, and being less of an attacking threat, has really worked himself into being quite a good defender. Baines was never a good defender, but some of that was just down to size. He was just easy to pick on on the crossfield ball. But I think Matty Cash and Harry Pickering under Moyes could actually be really, really good. And then it's just a matter of finding your long-term goalkeeper because I think that's a really good outfield 10. I'm not keen on any of their goalkeepers. I'm not keen on the fact that all of their goalkeepers are like 34 and above. Um, Roberto, garbage. Um, Martin's okay. Um, Randolph is okay, and Fabianski's the starter. And I mean, he's all right, but I, I, I think you, ideally, you'd want to look for a long-term solution in in that spot. And um, I think Freddie Woodman from Newcastle. Now I know he's gone on loan to Swansea for the year, but he might be one that they could look at. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on West Ham. Arsenal's Greek defender. Socrates is a target for Roma, who fear been priced out of a deal for Manchester United's Chris Smalling. Apparently, United won twenty-five million for Smalling, which just seems absolutely bananas that anyone would want or, or think that he's worth that kind of money. Uh, Socrates in Italy will probably be better off. He's he's slow, but he is a you know decent reader of the game. He'd probably be better off in Italy. Leeds and Brighton are both interested in Stuttgart's Argentine striker, Nicolas Gonzalez, who's expected to cost at least £15 million. Uh, he's quite good. I didn't see a huge amount of him because they were in the Bundesliga 2 last year. But, uh, he, you know, he's highly rated. And the little bits I did see, he looks quite good. So, can see him fitting in the Premier League. He does have that, that kind of style that, that should adapt well to the Premier League. Uh, Chelsea will hold contract talks with English midfielder Conor Gallagher amid interest from Newcastle and Crystal Palace. The 22-year-old spent last season on loan at Swansea. Uh, Connor, say no to all contracts at Chelsea because you're never going to get a game, son. They're going to keep you there. They're going to loan you out endlessly and they're going to waste your career. Force a move. 
take another loan and let, and move when your contract expires, whatever. But do not sign a long-term contract there, no matter what they offer you. Uh, Burnley are in talks to sign Angers midfielder Baptiste Santa Maria. The Frenchman was a subject of a £12 million bid by Aston Villa last year. This should be quite exciting for for Bournemouth or for for Bournemouth for Burnley fans because they don't normally sign anybody. Um, Sean Dyche works with probably the smallest budget anybody has, so you know for them to be able to go and maybe sign a player would be would be really really good. Uh, he's used to playing in teams that have to battle for every point because. Andrews play, you know, towards the bottom end of the league. He's six foot tall, which I'm sure ticks a box for Daishi. Um, and, I, you know, again, he's not a player I've seen a, a huge amount of. He's a natural defensive midfielder. He'll fit Burnley's style. He's neat and tidy on the ball. He's not spectacular, but he is solid. Uh, he's a clever player. And at 25, he's one who, you know, can develop there. And, he might be capable of playing at a, at a higher level than than uh, Burnley, but it's certainly a good step for him to the Premier League to join a club like Burnley. Um, Brighton say captain Lewis Dunk and defender Ben White will stay at the club. Dunk has been linked with Chelsea, and obviously Liverpool and Leeds have been linked with White. I said it before, if I was them, I'd sell Dunk over White. I would rather sell Dunk, keep White, and develop White and Webster as my long-term pair. I think this might be your last summer that you'll get really good money for Dunk because he's 28. Um, now, look, if they want to keep him fine, he's you know he's maybe the best player they've ever had. Um, but I think you could get three really nice pieces for the money that you'd get for Lewis Dunk. Now, if they if they want to keep him and play a back three, that's great because. Lamptey is more suited as a right back, uh, as a wing back than he is a right back. So they do have players that fit that. Um, so it is possible that that's what they'll do: play Webster and, and Dunk with White as more of a sweeper type. I'll be interested to see. Brighton are going to be interesting this season. They've got some nice pieces there, and they and they've brought in some you know some veteran leadership. So that that should help them. Uh, Aston Villa are confident of keeping Douglas Louise at the club. He has been linked with a return to Manchester City. They should do everything they can to keep him. Absolutely everything they can to keep him. He is their best player. Don't want to hear about Jack Grealish. He is their best player. Um, Sheffield United are considering another loan deal for Manchester United's Dean Henderson, despite agreeing a fee for Bournemouth's Aaron Ramsdale. Henderson's the better keeper, and it's not close at this point, but he wasn't this keeper when he joined them. They've got a really good uh, goalkeeping coach there, Mr. Ward. So it will be interesting to see what he could do with Ramsdale. But yeah, I think if, if you could keep if you could keep hold of Henderson for another year, I, I think you'd do it. I think he'll be United's number one long term. I don't think they'll sell him. So I think he'll be available for loan this year. I think I'd rather do that and keep the money and not buy Ramsdale. And I, I'm not as low on Ramsdale as some other people. But I, I think you know, next year you might have more options available to you. Um, Maybe Bailey Peacock Farrell at um, at Burnley, the young keeper they bought from Leeds. It, Burnley might make him available next year unless they get a big offer for Pope. So I think I'd rather do that and just keep hold of Henderson for a year. 
Uh, Manchester United's backup goalkeeper Sergio Romero has attracted interest from Leeds, Everton and Chelsea. Um, well, Leeds have a decent enough goalkeeping situation, so I, I doubt it. The Argentini- Argentinian link with Bielsa is anything that makes sense there. Everton have Pickford, so they should always be looking for a new goalkeeper. And Kepa has been an unmitigated disaster, so you know it's understandable Chelsea are on the lookout for for a keeper. Um, Norwich are targeting West Ham striker Jordan Hugel. Uh, I believe the fee been mentioned here is about five million, and West Ham fans are up in arms about this. They believe he's worth more than that. I'm not sure he is. He's a decent player, but I'm not sure he's worth a whole lot at the moment. Um, Southampton are in talks with Schalke over a 20 million deal for Weston McKinney. This would be a really, really good signing. Um, I think Weston McKinney is ideally suited to the Premier League. I've got a piece out today on Leeds and players are, well, areas I think they should um, they should look to to strengthen this summer. And I think Weston McKinney would be a great fit under Bielsa. I, I think he's a really promising player. He's still raw and he's still got things to work on, but I think he's really, really promising. I think he'd be a great signing for Southampton, genuinely. Um, all power to them. Fulham and Crystal Palace are interested in Peterborough's uh, Ivorian centre-forward. Centre, centre um, Sariki Dembele. So, this is a funny one. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him. What I do know about Peterborough, though, is that Barry Fry won't sell anybody on the cheap. So whoever you buy from Peterborough, they're going to be they're going to be expensive. Um, Barry Fry is one of the original Wheeler dealers. My my dream was always to see Barry Fry and Harry Redknapp at the same club and watch them buy and sell the same player in the same day. So I'm just looking Dembele up. He's he's more of a winger than a striker apparently. Um, 10 goals in 60 games. It's not bad. Not a bad return. 23 years of age. I have to be honest, if I was buying a player from Peterborough, it would be Ivan Tony, who I think is a really promising striker. 24 years of age. Natural goal scorer. Natural finisher. He's the one I'd go for. Um, maybe they, it's a winger that, that these clubs want. But, I mean, if I'm Crystal Palace... And my striker is Benteke. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> a winger's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a striker. And Ivan Tony is the one. Ivan Tony will get you goals anywhere. He scored the best goal in the FA Cup last year, and he got robbed of it. But go and watch that goal, and then go and watch the, and you'll you'll see it and go, oh, it's a little bit hit and hope. Then go and watch the rest of his goals from last season, the season before, and you'll know it's not hit and hope. That guy does the unexpected. He is impish in his finishing um 26 goals in 39 games this past season 23 and 55 the season before back-to-back really good seasons he's only going to get better premier league teams should be sniffing ivan tony uh he would start for a couple and score quite a few goals and that's it that is the end of the transfer gossip for today uh right so i have a new venture um beginning uh hopefully the end of this week but most likely next week it'll be you know in full swing Uh, a new podcast 
called the Two-Footed Podcast. Uh, it's going to be launched through EPL Index. So it's going to be free to air. There's going to be no subscriptions or anything like that. It's going to be available on Spotify, on, on iTunes, but it will also be available um, through the AI website, and it will be available through the EPL Index website, and it will be available through the Anfield Index app. So for those of you that listen to this on the app, it'll just be in the non-Liverpool section. Um, so it's just going to be me. It's going to be kind of like this, but less Liverpool-centric. Um, it's going to be daily, so we're looking to do five days a week. Now, we're going to monkey about with it. We might change some things, and it might we might cut it if, it, if it's not something we feel is sustainable to do five days a week. But for the, for the opening act, it's going to be five days a week. Um, I'm going to look at the whole league, the whole Premier League. I want to talk as much about the bottom three as I do about the top four. I want to talk about everybody in the middle. I want to cover all the stories that are going on around the league. I want to react to other people's coverages of the story. I want to take tribalism out of it, though. So if you're thinking of listening to it, to hear me, you know, shit on other clubs and big up Liverpool, there'll be times I'll do that, of course, because that's me and that's who I am. And, you know, I can try and limit it, but I can't stop who I am. But I want to try and take as much of the tribalism out of it as possible. And I want to give everybody, you know, a fair look. I'm going to talk about transfers. I'm going to do review shows on a Monday, reviewing the Premier League's weekend games. I'm going to try and have some guests on from time to time, maybe get some full-on interviews. Uh, on Fridays, when the season starts, I'm going to have Dan Rhodes every Friday. Um, whether that's as the, as the normal podcast or a bonus podcast, we haven't worked it out yet. But what I'll do with Rhodesy is preview the games coming up in the weekend from a statistical point of view. Now, those of you that have listened to me on AI for, you know, a week, a year, whatever, you know I'm not one of the statos. I like stats, and if I can understand what they are, I'll use them. But that's not really me. I'm not a money guy, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go deep into the tactical side of things, because there's podcasts out there that offer you that at a at a better level than what I can do. So I'm just going to be me on that. I'm just going to be me. I, everybody knows me. I'm just I have opinions and I want to share them, and that's what the new podcast is going to be. It's just going to be me giving my opinions, and I really, really hope you'll join me on this you know, new voyage, new venture. Uh, you can follow it on Twitter at Two Footed Pod. Um, if you can give us a, a follow there, um, if you want to email in any ideas you have, it's twofootedpodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, it's just going to be me. It's me out there by myself on an island. Um, and I'll, I'll sink or swim by myself. That's just how I'm, how I'm viewing this. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd appreciate any support. I'd appreciate any spreading of the word whatever you can offer me i'll take um it it's going to be good i think it's going to be good it's going to be next week we'll have it fully up and running 
this week we're just kind of working the kinks out. We'll get some stuff up so when you go into the your apps next week, there'll be a couple of episodes there to pre-listen to. Um, that's it. That's today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying these. I really am. I hope you are as well. If you're not, you know, soz. There's not much I can do about it at this point. I'm an hour in, you know. Uh, I'll see you all again. I'm going to be doing these probably every two weeks moving forward. Um, keep an eye out for eplindex.com for the articles and for, you know, different things we're trying to do there. Give it a follow if you don't already follow on, on Twitter. Like it on Facebook. Um, tell your friends, you know. It doesn't take anything to tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.